0: Hello you, welcome to the Sunday bootleg. My guest today is the evil record label boss, David Elephant, founder and CEB That's Chief Executive Bastard of my record label, Bad Elephant's Music. Uh, We had a chat about the label, about the artists on it, how he's fundamentally a dishonest person who regularly engages in curry-based hypocrisy and stuff like that. It was a good interview. Uh, I'll share that in a couple of seconds. Um, I'll also play some music from the uh, Bob Lazar story here, another B.E.M. act who I think are rather good. Um, so, my day job's got particularly busy. Um, it's, uh, we do education related stuff and it's the beginning of term. Um, so, I haven't played a proper gig for a while. The last one was a biker festival in the Northwest. Um, I didn't know what to expect from a biker rally. My entire knowledge of the biker culture comes from the TV show Sons of Anarchy, so I assumed there was a real danger of being killed by people with completely unconvincing Irish accents. And more to the point, are silly songs about aliens and tentacles and steampunk shenanigans really the sort of thing to play at a biker rally, even if it is the chill-out Sunday afternoon acoustic session? you know We might get booed off. Or worse. So it was with a slight sense of trepidation that Gareth and I headed out to the Underworld Rally 2017. Uh, I headed up to Nottingham where Gareth lives uh, with his better half and my dog Charlie on the Saturday evening. And then the next morning we headed off for a pleasant drive up to the rally, which was uh, taking place in Preston. We drove through some lovely places, including uh, bits of the Peak District Park. Um, um, we even went past my favourite place name of all time, Hole Farm. Isn't that great? Nathole Farm. We finally got to the venue. Um, a farm somewhere quite away from civilization. Uh, Being a lousy southerner, I of course regard the interior of the M25 as civilization, and everything outside as a bleak and desolate wasteland. Uh, A lovely guy greeted us, gave us wristbands, there was a woman with a baby at the welcome table with him. Um, We drove in, still nervous, only to find a nice little group of people listening to the opening acoustic act who was performing under a tree. Uh, It turns out Bikers like their rock music. A great many of them were wearing Iron Maiden t-shirts. So I was obviously going to like them, wasn't I? I was obviously going to fit in okay. Uh, The event even had its own beer. A pleasant rather wheaty affair. So apart from the bikes, which I've no interest in, this was a pretty good event for me as far as I was concerned. Um, We were performing outside in, in, near that same tree. Uh, it was the afternoon of the third day of the rally and the so we were the acoustic chill out bit. Um, so we set up, we started performing, all in all it was a nice gig although there was an incident involving an insect. Uh, but I'll tell you about that after this interview with David Elephant. Like the Frank Sam hologram, the James Dio hologram, it's better to say music is the music business is undead.
1: <laughs> yes, actually, that's a very good point. It's, it's kind of well, What's what's the joke that was I once heard? It may not be dead, but it was coughing up blood last night. <laughs> Oh, uh, just, all, all all that stuff. I mean, the whole sort of Dio and Zappa hologram thing. It, it's just cabaret, isn't it? There's always been something like that. I guess now the technology is available to do it. Um, it but, you know, very
0: it's
1: it's not. It's not. Uh, it's it's not very good. I don't think <laughs> it's, it's not very no. healthy.
0: Is there a uh, a clear line between BM being uh, a devoted hobby? Um, or a serious business and a serious label and have you crossed it if that line exists I I think it's a blurred line to be honest with you Um,
1: but it's a a similar situation to for instance the one that you're in you're writing songs for an audience but you're working a day job in the Mm -hmm. same way that I'm releasing albums for an audience and I've got a day job and it's the day job that, that puts bread on the table and uh you know keeps body and soul together but the fun bit for me the fun bit of life one of the, the fun bits anyway is, is running the record label i actually quite like my job but if i didn't have to work i wouldn't um if i had the money to do it i would i would. You know, I'd just do bm and for other fun things like travel and spend time with the family and all that sort of stuff um so it's a business. Yeah, I think it's a business when I'm logging into the uh, the accountancy software to work out what's <laughs> going on with our money and where it's all gone this month. Um, and there are certain businessy aspects of it. You know, there's a limited company at the at the at the, uh, at the core of it because that's the the only way that you can really get people to take you seriously on a, on a trade level. Um, but yeah of course it's still still a hobby to, to some extent so I, th- I think it's both is the answer yeah there, there isn't really a sharp line to distinguish between the two
0: do you think it'd be a more successful business if you didn't insist on having that helicopter
1: uh, <laughs> well what a lot of people don't know is that the helicopters is only actually hired is it yeah yeah we didn't we didn't buy it outright um th- and, and in fact, the, the 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 rental payments are extremely low because I know things about the guy we we actually hire it from.
0: Oh, I see. I see. It's someone else who's been brought into your web of menace.
1: Yes, yes, that's what's happened there. Oh, He's, he said in a proud, said in a proud
0: and happy voice. But if if someone hasn't heard BEM, what's the thing that you'd you'd stick on and say? Here's the here's the thing that'll definitely excite you straight away. I so think you should go to the Spotify sampler. That's the easiest way of answering <laughs> that question. What would I, well, that's that's
1: that is again a very difficult question because uh, you know we have been almost willfully eclectic over yeah. the last four years that we've been in business, um, and yeah, I'd, I th- I think I'd, I'd have to answer that question with with another question, which would be, well, what sort of stuff do you like? What sort of stuff do you normally listen to? And then based on the answer to that question, I might be able to recommend something from our catalog which they may find yeah you know, ha- has some sort of uh, some harmony with that. Um, very, very difficult. There is, there's no such thing, I guess, as a typical BM album.
0: I think there's a what you need is a Venn diagram. <laughs> I really, no one needs a Venn diagram. Yeah, no, you do. You need a Venn diagram because there's sort of threads to the stuff that you've signed. There's um, singer songwritery stuff. There's a few yes. of them. There's your John Hunt's and you're. Uh, uh, Jack Arthur's. That's a thread. Yep. There's the more traditional prog, which there is a little bit. There is some. Um, yep, there there's is definitely, definitely some, some of that. One. There's your big hogs and there's your other uh, gifts. Gifts it is. Um then there's the noisy rock stuff. And there's the um instrumental batshit crazy stuff.
1: That's interesting because a little while ago, while you've been saying that, I've actually pulled this up on, on my phone. I sort of made a note when I was sort of thinking about you know how how we would define um our, our output and uh i've just lost it <laughs> 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 uh, but i i i did i did put together this 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 list of um categories i suppose and they're very very broad so yeah we've we've got the prog bands. so you've got the gift and you've got the Farm meadow you've got verbal delirium um Sing Cage from Italy, even Rube Goldberg mm-hmm. to an extent, yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a prog band really, it's sort of at the bottom of it they certainly describe themselves as one um, and then you, you mentioned all the singer-songwriters like Jack and John and, and yourself, uh, for that matter um, and we've got this sort of, one of the things which is I guess, I guess sort of coming through a bit, a bit more now is is what I can only describe as sort of alt-pop it's like sort of twisted pop music Um and that's things like Big Hog, for example, who are utterly indescri- indescribable in terms of their genre. Um, brilliant stuff. There's a bit of prog going on there. There's, but you know, ultimately, it's it's a kind of sort of pop rock music with its roots in the seventies, but it hasn't got all the prog tropes in it, stuff like that. And then, but there is a whole bunch of instrumental stuff which just defies categorization, really. So, you know, the fierce and the dead. I mean, what do you call the fierce and the dead, for goodness sake? You know, I uh,
0: think they're the a... 21st century, the shadows.
1: Yeah, actually, that's not a bad... If you said that to, to, to Matt or to Kev, they probably agree with oh, you. I have
0: said that to uh, Matt. In fact, I think my, um, I wrote a thing on my um, uh, website, so I'm sure I was quoted for a while on their website, quoting him something like that. Yeah. Yeah. and it, it, it uh Kev
1: always says yeah, it's pop music it's pop music without words yeah. and then yeah that's brilliant.
0: yeah cuz all the instrumental stuff that um BM have done it's instrumental but it's not really weird inaccessible there's that no. uh, there's a very clear theme of it's instrumental it's got weird bits it's also got proper tunes and proper grooves
1: there's always a core of melody at it because and that's just me i i you know, i I couldn't release something which didn't have tunes mm-hmm. and and sort of nice harmonies and stuff like that there somewhere uh something you sort of hang on hang on to uh yeah you know, we we've done some incredibly melodic things we've done some quite you know bits where where discord and disharmony actually happens, but it always comes back to a tune
0: so you you sort of you sort of demanded to be on this episode of the podcast. Um, I did. Claiming that you needed a right to reply. I, don't I, do, need a, I do need a right what, to reply. What, because I, I've, what I've never might s- you object I've, to? I've never sent you
1: even a discourteous email. Yes, there have been Facebook messages where I've threatened, uh, if not actual death and certainly disfigurement. Yeah. But in my defence, you were asking for it. Well, you really were.
0: Th- being slightly late with a deadline by, you know, Slice. slightly late, not by Oops. much. How much are we talking about here, Tom? I mean, let's be precise here. Well, I think <laughs> if you look at the months, it's not bad, as long as you, you know, ignore which year those months occurred in. Yes, that's the thing. You know, if you're supposed to <laughs> d- deliver it in September and you deliver it in uh, October, that's not too bad. But, you
1: know, also, hearing hearing Millions, Smith and Dixon talking about... Them being chained to radiators. I mean, that's just a calumny, because we
0: can't afford radiators or chains or chains for that matter. Yes, <laughs> are they are they tied with string to a one bar fire? That's pretty much it. Yeah, they they can just they can go any time they want. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, 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 you know, Simon Godfrey had to leave the country to get away from you. Yes, well, that that was.
1: Um, there were other reasons why Simon had to leave the country. He, he just doesn't talk about
0: it. To be fair, I've heard the rumours. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not pretty.
0: No, it's not, and we don't know where the, uh, we don't know where the bodies are buried, do we?
1: We don't, we don't. I've, I've, I've looked into it, but even, even with my, yeah, you know, my, my trunk, <laughs> it's not, it's not actually uh, revealed anything. No, but,
0: but that was a nice moment there because you mentioned your trunk and you were able to laugh about your, about your uh, condition. But
1: about, yeah, I well, so was, well, Yeah, you've got to really. Yeah, at least we can fly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm um, talking about bodies, be- bodies being buried.
1: How yes. many
0: band members of B.M. acts have you actually uh, done away with so far?
1: Um, well, you wouldn't know about them.
0: No, we, I mean, I noticed that uh, the band Emma Elvin is down to one member now. Yes, um, uh, the Jack Arthur's <laughs> trio is no longer a trio. It was yes. Why we we just expunged
1: all of that from history. Um, Emmett and Jack are working on a uh, a skiffle album at the moment together. Are they? Yes. Ah, oh, that sounds fun.
0: Yeah, Emmett, Emmett's playing washboard mostly. Um, yeah, it's quite good on the old washboard. When I was still teaching, um, we had a thing where we um, across the arts department decided to do a, a cockney play. Um, <laughs> well, you know, because <laughs> you know, there's always you know stuff about. Um, uh, Uh, you'll do black history month you'll do this you'll do that you'll thought and we just thought well we don't really do anything that's specifically about our culture
1: yeah that should be a bit
0: unusual let's do that um so um um one of the sort of uh, i remember one of the many 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 straws that broke the camel's back with my teaching career was the morning after i'd had a go at getting the kids uh making their own musical instruments
1: right and I got
0: back <laughs> to my classroom where the cleaner had refused to clean the room <laughs> and the caretaker who was a mate was saying that should I help you out yeah because <laughs> you know yeah. skiffle, skiffle you make your own instruments right so yes exactly so and they, and they really did that yeah they really did yeah um I thought you know making shakers out of rice that you know your rice in bottles and stuff that that's a good idea that's nice and simple isn't it Notes. It's not a load of year seven kids with a load of rice. You know. <laughs> but to be fair, you know, that's me complaining about the kids. But really, the problem there was uh, 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 me not thinking it through. I didn't leave teaching because of the kids. <laughs> no one really, I think, leaves teaching because of the kids. It's all the other no. it's all the crap you get around it. Kids are all, the the, all, all the rubbish that's surrounding it. Yeah. 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 Although in that uh, same classroom, I did uh, improvise um, the opening bars that can be heard on three rows of teeth of uh, these tiny things are haunting me. Well, there we go.
1: Considering that Three Rays of Teeth was the first album that I heard of yours and the one that sort of made me think, hmm, there's something in this slatter bloke, That's all come nicely full circle again, hasn't it? That was the start of your downfall.
0: <laughs> well, it was the start of me, you know, the sleepless nights, the menacing emails that you claim don't exist. Yeah, they don't exist. Yeah, the strange voicemails from your parrot. Well, of course... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes that parrot sort of strength sprung into existence very in a very interesting fashion. Actually of course the emails will stop coming from me soon because we now have uh, we now have someone else to send those emails.
0: Yeah, so how are you doing this because you know you don't you don't pay the BEM minions. <laughs> how how are you how are you making them do your bidding? I have drawn them into my
1: web of uh, web of deceit and lies and uh, they're under a powerful spell. Which was uh, woven for me by the wizard Ramsey.
0: He's got a lot to answer for. He has, yes. Um, so James Barry wants to know, screwdriver or claw hammer when menacing your minions? I think that's the. Uh...
1: Oh, well, menacing the minions. Uh, I don't use. I don't use weapons. I don't weaponize it at all. <laughs> I have. I have my own weapons built in. Just threats.
0: That's all. you Yes.
1: Need. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> threats threats, and empty promises of money
0: Dan Chin wants to know are there any sacred prog cows you'd like to slaughter
1: <laughs> the, the Facebook post that I got the most reaction from ever in however many years I've been doing this was when I, I made a comment about Emerson, Lake and Palmer <laughs> and it was brilliant the comment was something along the lines of Emerson Lake and Palmer are a pile of shite, <laughs> and I had some brilliant reactions, and quite a few people agreed with me, which was quite heartening because I do I, I just think, uh, what was it? I think it was John Peel who described him as a waste of talent and electricity, and I think <laughs> that's probably probably fair. Yeah, that, that sort of chimes in very well with my own beliefs. But there were loads of people who really got quite upset with me about it, saying. As the head of a record label, you must not be criticizing, you know, bands of the the caliber and and with with, with the reputation of Emerson, Lake and Palmer. There was someone who said that I was basically being being unpleasant because I was defaming the name of Greg Lake and Keith Emerson, neither of whom can defend themselves. Like Keith Emerson and Greg Lake would be reading my Facebook posts. My my musical roots are more around folk music. That's how I started getting interested in music at all. I didn't listen to pop music at all when I was in my teens. I just wasn't really interested in it, and I've got no real idea why. Um, But folk music I was interested in because I was mad about guitar, trying to play it and going to folk clubs and stuff like that. And uh, my sort of way into an awful lot of, of the more sort of, you know, the prog stuff was around uh, yeah, acoustic guitars, 12-string guitars and stuff like that, which is how Genesis came into it, and, yeah. and Yes to an extent, and uh, um, that, that was sort of how how that all happened, although funnily enough it ran about the same time as I was starting to listen to probably, I was also listening to heavy metal, I'm going to see Motorhead and Iron Maiden and bands like that um, so yeah, quite why well, all that happened I just don't know, but uh, it, it, I suppose you, your, your musical tastes are informed to some extent by what you listened to when you were young and uh, for me it was it was pretty much folk
0: a lot of the time when you get into music it's about who you what your friends are listening to as well so did you yeah. have a load of mates who were into the folk scene as well
1: not so much the folk stuff but certainly when I was getting into into prague definitely that was when I got into sixth form and that that really started happening but no, I didn't know anybody who liked folk music in fact I still don't no does <laughs> anyone <laughs> this is a very good question
0: <laughs> so you've got under the under a band Avenue they're pretty folk yes they're, they're, they're a, you know, they're
1: they're sort of essentially a kind of sort of level z the men they couldn't hang type of sort of f- punky f- folk
0: rock yeah uh, although th- with th- a more metallyly guitarist than I was expecting
1: yes um, no he's he is I mean, jake is a is definitely sort of a heavy rock guitar player um Really, really fab as well. I like under the Good band live under a banner.
0: Yeah, in fact, you know, so I only caught the end of their set at that um, recent Mike Morton gig, and I walked into them doing a, a Metallica cover. Yes, which I just did. wasn't expecting. No, you don't expect that really, but it's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. They're, I, they're yeah they're great. All
1: our bands are great. I've, I've got to What's say that. that. But I, and they would, it, to be right, they wouldn't be on the label if I didn't like them. That's well, no, so it would
0: be, be considering. You know, you're not. Um, you're not are not known for making ruthless commercial decisions it would be <laughs> odd if you also weren't making decisions based based on taste um, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> if but i a... can't make any money out of it i might as well enjoy it see i, I i'm sure there's lots of professional musicians who would hate me for saying this but i kind of think it's slightly a positive that the um the business end of it died off i, I tend to agree actually Um, because then you know we can be a bit more sensible no one needs to hang around waiting to win the lottery yeah if you want to make money being a musician as many people do go join a tribute band yeah go do that there are people making money there people who want to be artists let's stop pretending that you're going to get rich doing it and treat it like what it should be a fun cultural enriching thing to make the world better Something, you know, going back to that great philosopher Matt Stevens again. Mm, he's a um,
1: nexus, Matt Stevens. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. And w- w- what he said was uh, once, and uh, I think he said it on Facebook, if you want to make a good art, then get a day job. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're going to have the freedom to do it.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, all those other things like having a, having a roof over your head and maintaining your mental health and all this sort yep, of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Those are very useful things to be able to do. Yeah. Um, Although being signed to be um, can (laughs) sort of um, um, put a crimp on the whole mental health thing. Yeah, that's overrated, Tom. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the menacing with crowbars. We never use crowbars. You You threaten with crowbars. (laughs) see, this is what you do. You twist words, Okay, I didn't say you hurt me with a crowbar. I said the menacing with the crowbars. And then you, you know, egged on by James Allen, your evil invisible lawyer. You say stuff, you know, like we never actually hit anyone with crowbars. No, you threatened, elephant.
1: You threatened. and And another thing, another thing, the curries, Yeah. You've been you've been wined and dined royally by the elephant. You've you've eaten from the elephant's very tusks, Slatter. <laughs> you've dined on the finest biryani and drunk the finest cobra.
0: Yeah, yeah, when other people were there. That's what happens, yeah. You've you got um, Dan and uh, Mike and Jordan and uh, Joe over, and yeah, they're all sweetness and light. But the two of us, it's me carrying in the corner just the one dry poppadom, and you smearing it all the curry sauce on your tusks
1: <laughs> oh dear oh dear oh dear every time the staff at the spice inn see you coming they run away
0: <laughs> deliberately doing this stuff um so to bring us back down to serious matters jerry yes. ewing uh, jerry yep. ewing has got some important questions for you oh yes um, i saw
1: some of them earlier. yes
0: and so um you know for the one person listening to this hi andy Thanks for listening. Um, yeah. For the one person listening, Jerry Ewing, if you might not know, if you don't know, Jerry Ewing is a very important person. He's the uh, editor of Prog Magazine, so he knows he his stuff. Yep. Um, so yep. he would like to know your answer to this question. When yep. a hot dog expands, in yep. which direction does it split and why?
1: It depends what type of microwave you're using.
0: Okay. If we're not using a
1: microwave? You wouldn't do it not using a microwave.
0: Oh, oh sorry. Okay. I mean, I don't own a microwave.
1: Okay, well, we, we do, but we don't
0: own a dog. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses?
1: I'd rather fight the uh, the duck-sized horses because I could stamp on them with my large feet.
0: Fair enough. And then you're not harming ducks, which means you don't exactly. need to deal with the wrath yeah. of the Godfrey. Precisely. I, yeah. I, I do like ducks, yeah. Okay. Uh, two more from Jerry, uh, important yep. business-related questions. Could you name five uses of a stapler apart from using staples?
1: Um, robbery, assault, battery, and
0: two other things. How many windows do you think there are in London?
1: Uh, there's, there are six, and I've counted them. <laughs>
0: Um, um i won't let you know who asked this question but who is your favorite german drummer stroke production manager
1: <laughs> uh, i suppose i should i should give a a shout out to some of the guys who who work with us on the label um it's 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 good it's got to be stefan heppe because he's the only drummer from Germany, who's also a production manager that I know. <laughs> and also I'm looking at a copy of the clockwork fable by Gandalf Fist, the band he plays in sitting on the shelf right above me.
0: That's a um, monster of a thing, isn't
1: it? It is. It's it's a it's a it's a fantastic piece of work. Um uh, Stefan Stefan does a lot of great stuff and he's he's very good at bullying people into getting things to deadline. Yeah. He failed with you though, didn't he?
0: Well he he only came onto the team quite late in
1: the day, I think. That's true, yeah. Yeah. For the yeah. next album it's gonna be very, very different.
0: Yeah. Um. Um. Were you going to do a shout out to the others? We don't have
1: to. Yes, we can do. So Martin Hutchinson, uh, the Water tempter as he's
0: sometimes known, <laughs> the longest serving minion. The long I think. Well, no, he's, he's
1: not. Uh, yeah, because yeah, James Allen isn't really a minion. James is my my, my partner. He's well, actually
0: silent and invisible partner.
1: Martin's now actually on the, on a par with us. You know, he's he's taken the King's Shilling full time. He's he's sort of a full elephant. Um. Martin runs the shop from yeah, his. Yeah. Uh, his caravan in Bridlington. Yeah.
0: Um, being, being a full elephant, does that require surgical alteration? Uh, I'd rather not
1: say. Okay,
0: fair
1: enough. <laughs> uh, but the, then also, uh, Hugh, my son, uh, is involved in the uh, the social media side of things. He's our social media manager because he's great with words and understands the way that young people think, being one himself. Mm. Um, and then the uh, the other uh, most most recent addition to the team is your good friend james turner um who you loved so much that you gave him a fulsome credit in happy people
0: i hate james turner <laughs> i hate james turner almost as much as i hate tony bloody colville <laughs> so how much work went into programming andy language um well uh, I don't really know, because it, it was one of those,
1: it, it, we, we actually sort of, he's not a bot as such, it's more, he's more of a sort of a summoned creature. I mean, mm. in, in, these, in these days of political correctness, you don't like to use the Z word, uh, but um, he is effectively an animated corpse.
0: Right. See, I knew, see, we've been joking about him being a, a, a bot, and people have been saying, well, no, he's not really. Um, <laughs> but that explains it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? The the thing is about Andy, and yeah, I've I've got to say this,
1: is he is clearly mad because he's bought everything we've ever released. I think he's probably the only person who's bought everything we've ever released, with the exception of a guy called Cosmin Serbu, who's in uh, Bucharest. Yeah. And uh, Cosmin buys everything as well. Brilliant. And I I love these people because this is where Bad Elephant, in a sense, has kind of created its own identity. Or it has evolved its own identity in that there are there are some people, there aren't a huge number of them, but there are enough of them who will buy stuff purely on the basis that we're releasing it. And it, it's, a, it's a, a source of constant wonder to me that they will do that. But the, the fact that there are other people whose musical tastes are as varied and eclectic as it actually gives me quite a lot of hope for the future, really. Sorry, that sounded incredibly optimistic and sort of a little bit gnomic, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to cut um, after we start talking about Andy as a zombie, so, you know, it doesn't matter. That's fair (laughs) enough, (laughs) yeah. We can't let... Andy and Cosmin and people like that know how much how much we uh, love and appreciate what they do. You know we can't we can't, we we can't, can't let them that. out. So this bit will no. definitely be cut, won't go. We? Yes, we're we're British and we mustn't do these things. Yeah, give yeah. us a, give us a preview. What's the exciting things coming up on BEM in the next so few months? Happened. So for
1: for us this year, huh, we have uh, we've got another another three releases this year. Uh, the next one is the Trojan Horse album, which is out on the thirteenth of October. Oh, I've, I've heard the
0: I've heard the one track off that. That sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, Fukushima Surfer Boys. It's called. <laughs> it's a really great record, quite different from their last one. Um, and uh, but yeah, you know, all all the all the better for it. Really, they're hoping to be getting out to do some gigs uh, probably early next year now. Yeah. To promote that, um, the, the one after that I mentioned Charlie corewood a bit earlier yeah um, we're releasing his, his his first solo album um it's called the divine abstract and that is a really beautiful piece of piece of art really it's, it's a fantastic album um it was one of those the first time i heard it uh, i just thought absolutely this is this is for us um and also it, uh, as i'm playing i was playing it downstairs uh in the living room and my wife came through and said who's that i said oh it's it's guy called charlie Corwood, he's interested in the album He sign him <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> so if and also my, my wife's got a fantastic ear her her for these things as an earring. you know she she loves mother tongue for example another band which she from the from the moment she first heard them she she knew that that was one which which uh, you know she thought we should we should uh, we should go with um so that's Charlie's album that's out in November, and then at the end of the year we've got this other one, this uh, this Tom Slatter album that is not a Tom Slatter album. More of which will emerge oh, later.
0: Mystery. Da, da, da.
1: Yeah. And then next year, we're actually we're quite full now. Next year, sort of in for the first half of the year. But the, the three things I can talk about are there'll be a, a new Mother Tongue album, uh, which. Louis and Phil spoke about on your last podcast. Yay. That's sounding fantastic. It's really, really great selection of songs. Um, we've got the Fierce and the Dead's third album, uh, which is again going to be great. They've been they've been uh, previewing a lot of the material from that in their most recent gigs, and it's it's their most powerful material yet. Yeah, definitely, really great stuff. And then um, right about the middle of the year, if he if he's Honest and truthful to his word, Mr. Godfrey's Shineback project uh, will be releasing its second full-length album, which is called Dial. Well,
0: that's uh, but, but, but that, we'll see. I mean, that's mostly whether Dora pulls her pulls a pour out and actually gets around to recording the thing, isn't it? That's right, whether she
1: because she's yeah. doing all the vocals. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I'll I'll, I'll cut that bit out. And we're not supposed to mention that Dora is the brains behind Shineback, are we? Actually, <laughs> Well, see, it's, but... it's, it's best we don't. <laughs> yeah, it's Dora and and Robert Ramsey that are actually. Uh, Sorting they're, that one out. They're the functional creatures. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. Simon is just uh, just the eye candy and that act, isn't he? He's a cipher, really, isn't he? Um, I've heard him call something similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, question
1: for you. Yeah. Yeah. Question for you. Will we see another Tom Slasher album in 2018?
0: Um. Well, um, I've uh, got a first draft of all the demos done. Excellent. um so there's kind of a version where you could listen to the whole thing but it's you know it's it's um a basic drum loop one guitar part and um uh, and the vocals so it's sort of the most the most basic yeah. uh, kind of demo that could exist um, yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the, the honest answer to that is it's whether the day job allows or whether I can get the thing yes. done. I it's want all, it done.
1: It's all to. It's all to do with schedules. Someone's just asked on, on the Facebook page Kevin Fletcher said, which BM release will be the Christmas number one album? Christ.
0: Yeah, go on <laughs> Which <laughs> one will be the number one album?
1: Uh, well, it's, w- which is the album that's been released nearest to Christmas? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and also, oh. Brian, Brian Harris has asked. When is the new The Fierce and the Dead album out? And the answer is in due course.
0: <laughs> You've already said it's early this early next year. It's gonna be it's gonna be the first half of next year, yeah. So, as we were playing the gig at the biker festival during the third song, Self Made Man, I noticed a tiny green insect on my guitar necker just by the second fret. That song involves a load of arpeggios on the bass strings, and it was hard not to squash the thing. I did my best, but at one point I had to shift down to an F-sharp chord, and I accidentally crushed the little guy with my thumb. I heard a little squeak, as I did so. At least at the time, I wasn't sure if I'd imagined it or not. Um, I didn't really think much about it. And we finished the set to Friendly Indifference and headed off for the long drive home. Uh, We said goodbye to our host, Cosmo. All the bikers seemed to have nicknames. I mentioned to him that um, it was fun playing, although I had squashed a bug. You know, the sort of thing that happens if it's an outside gig. Uh, He laughed. We drove off the site. Um, As we were heading out, I heard that guy at the entrance, the one who'd given us the wristbands, shouting something about Praying Mantis Dave, which I thought was an odd name. Praying mantis Dave has lost his boy. He was saying, or, or something like that. The drive back was pleasant, although there were quite a lot of bikers leaving the festival too, so the, the roads got a bit clogged. Finally, we got to the motorway and things thinned out a bit. Gareth pointed out that one biker was still behind us. He was he was wearing a uh, riding a big Harley, had the leather jacket and black helmet you'd expect, but it also looked like he was wearing a sort of a sort of green jumpsuit, which is not a very biker look at all. Anyway, this green clad biker. He did not go away. He kept trailing us and getting closer and closer. Gareth was a little freaked out, so he decided to get off the motorway. We ended up on some twisty little B roads back in the vicinity of the wonderfully named Nathole Farm. It looked like we'd lost the greenclag biker for a minute, but then just as we were about to make a turn, he appeared in front of us, roaring out of another turning and forcing us off the road into the little lane that served as the entrance to Nathole Farm. Gareth gave a little girly shriek and slammed on the brakes. We watched in trepidation, the car's engine still turning over as the biker got off his Harley and walked towards us. He wasn't wearing green. He was green. A dark green exoskeleton, legs, tail and a beer belly shaped swollen thorax. All of that was exposed, this green shell. And, but he had a leather jacket on the top half with some of his arms through it. He had quite a few arms. Uh, He took off his helmet, revealing black multifaceted eyes and clicking mandibles. He was somewhere between insect and biker, with the leather and beer belly of a motorcycle enthusiast and the form of a gross seven-foot insect, Praying Mantis Dave. As soon as I saw him, I knew what had happened. I'd crushed his child against the neck of my guitar, his child, his son. I had killed Praying Mantis Dave's son, and he wanted revenge. The insectoid biker pulled something out of his pocket. It was a pistol. What do we do? shrieked Gareth. This, I said. I reached over with my foot and slammed my foot into the accelerator. We lurched forward, narrowly missing Praying Mantis Dave, who dived out of the way but crashed into his bike. I saw bits of motorcycle go flying. Get us out of here, Gareth, I shouted. Okay, buff, he lisped. We sped away from Nat's Hole Farm, with Praying Mantis Dave shaking his claw in the rearview mirror. Hopefully, praying mantis Dave never speaks to Cosmo again and discovers who I am and where I live, because I'd rather not have a blood feud with a seven foot tall Hell's Angel insect. Anyway, here's Bob Lazar's story, great track, um, and uh, thanks for listening. More next week.